Hello everyone, welcome to Into the Void with Will Adolfi. Today I will be talking about a recent solo retreat that I took. Never done anything like this before. It was the first time I'd ever spent time away from people and my phone, my laptop. And I learned some stuff that genuinely changed the way I lived upon my return. It's been about two and a half, three months now since I've been back and... I can confirm there have been some what seem to appear like long-lasting changes. So let's get straight to it. You might find this useful. I really hope you do. Without further ado, let's begin. So I went away for eight nights and seven days. I booked an Airbnb in a desolate location that had lots of hills and walks. It was very intuitive. I just went on Airbnb, saw lots of greenery and thought, oh, let's do it. I took a journal, two books, my first gen iPod Touch with some music, a podcast on anxiety and a bag of psychedelic mushrooms, which I just realised having those two, (laughs) uh, one after the other is quite ironic, but I'm not going to touch upon the mushrooms in this podcast, to be honest. It was something I did that really added depth to the trip and... It was just an incredible experience. It was highly enjoyable. Eventually, the first bit was really anxiety-inducing, but my friend encouraged me to do it, and I'm really glad he did because it was just an example of me getting out of my comfort zone. And yeah, that's all I really have to say on that. I think that's a whole other podcast, which I may get into. Uh, But yeah, today I will be talking about how I did not bring any laptop and my phone remained off the entire time. So why did I do this? Well... I had reached a point in my life where I was just sick of feeling the way I was feeling. I was lonely, unsatisfied, unsettled, empty, not myself. And a friend planted the idea in my mind a while back. And I was tempted but wasn't really determined until something happened in my personal life that uh, just gave me the awareness that this is what I need to do. I don't like spending time with myself and I'm all I spend time with. So I booked the trip to rebuild this relationship, one that I had been neglecting pretty much since I can remember. And from that moment that I booked the trip, I felt, I remember feeling like something shifted. It was like something in me said, oh shit, he's doing it. He's really doing something for himself. And I was very nervous leading up to it. No doubt, stepping into the unknown. Setting an intention was very useful. I wanted to make the most of this time with myself. My intention was to go and be with myself and my thoughts and just to see what would happen, really. So this made it clear that I had to get rid of my phone and my laptop for the trip, which well, it just gets in the way and it's, it's a distraction. Uh, but then came the thought of, well, what am I actually going to do all bloody day? And... Yeah, that was scary, but this is what my days looked like. So I'd wake up, I'd meditate for one hour, I'd do some push-ups, I'd do like a morning run and walk, I'd shower, I'd journal, I'd read, I'd nap, I'd lunch, (laughs) long walk, I'd do another journaling sesh, I'd reflect on the day and I'd set an intention for the following day, I'd have dinner, I'd meditate, I'd read and I'd sleep. So pretty basic stuff. 
sidebar, I was reading Anthony DeMello's Awareness, which felt like the exact book I needed to accompany me alongside the the self-examination I was undertaking. That was kind of what was happening in these journaling sessions. I did like a, a timeline of my life. I was really looking at my insecurities and everything that came up in the meditations. I was just writing down. There was some moments where I was just, you know, in tears of sadness. There were moments where I felt joy, uh, and we'll get to the loneliness a bit later, which was surprising, um, my reaction and what happened with the loneliness. But yeah, it was the journaling was incredible because now that I had all this sort of space to actually write, it just I was amazed at how much came out. I filled up like a whole book of like 200 pages it was just mental how much was coming out and it was so cathartic so at first I didn't use my iPod as I felt the urge to capitalize on the stillness and listening to music it felt like stimulation so I just spent the first two days with nothing in my ears or hands and what took place in the absence of modern life stunned me to my very core it became very clear to me just how overstimulated my brain is on a daily basis. I couldn't even watch a film without checking my phone, something I previously didn't really think about much, but it certainly wasn't always this way. So as soon as I stopped stimulating my brain, I felt moments of joy and peace that showed me just how unhappy I'd been and how close happiness has been. I've been sleepwalking through life, not really enjoying it, getting by okay and having some wonderful moments, don't get me wrong, but these moments were moments of relief from my unsatisfied existence. And ultimately, deeply, I'm so unsettled in my mind. And I'm always thinking, what's next? You know, I eat dinner with YouTube on. I check my emails and WhatsApp constantly. Whenever I'm on my own with nothing to stimulate me, I feel a low-grade emptiness and discomfort. I'd never really noticed it or it was there, but I refused to look at it. I felt this and, you know, when I was waiting for the train to go on retreat, I'd be checking my phone and no one was messaging me. It was one of those moments where no one was messaging me and I felt lonely and empty and I needed to do something or to have something or someone to make me feel whole. I was seeking thrills, pleasure, Trapped in a dopamine cycle, I began to see that pretty much everything I was doing in the day was to stimulate and distract my mind from the feeling I got when I wasn't stimulated, the emptiness. As soon as I finished work, I'd grab a snack and watch YouTube videos, or I'd always have a podcast in my ear in between tasks. Even when running or walking, I'd have to listen to something or call someone. The conversations I had with friends, they needed to be stimulating, deep, profound or filled with compliments. I was addicted to being stimulated and therefore dependent on others and things to make me feel whole. Now, I'm saying this in the past tense, but this is still very much a presence in my life. But it's something that I'm really aware of and I'm confronting and taking action again so I'm I've definitely come a long way since the retreat but I just want to clarify this is something that's still really present within me but I will be referring to it in the past tense for this podcast so without my smartphone my smartphone <laughs> 
well, without my phone, my anxiety levels decreased to a degree that I didn't even know existed. I just, I had no idea how anxious I was until I wasn't anxious. And it was just mind-blowing. I mean, I saw this as a real addiction because of the withdrawal I was getting. I mean, the third and fourth day were, like, the most challenging. Like, my mind was trying so hard to be stimulated. It would go crazy at times, like, running around in loops, turning on me negatively when I wouldn't give it what it wanted, and the cravings for pleasure were so strong. I mean, I was in shock. I wanted everything, text, sex, chocolate, but then the cravings just fizzled out and on the other side of them was a place I'd never been before a place where I didn't need anything to make me feel good a place where I was enough so sitting on the train with nothing in my ears became preferred a cup of tea was an event a conversation with the lady who ran the airbnb was a absolute treat and don't get me started on the showers man each thing i did had immeasurably more value it's almost as if the visceral nature of everything i did was amplified i was enjoying the simple things so much more everything slowed down i was more present and you hear it all the fucking time man right <laughs> it's so trite at the moment be present presence is the answer well uh, this really did prove to me that, of course, of course it is. I just didn't know how to get there, or I didn't really believe it was possible, or I just didn't have the motivation. I mean, I'd always known I was addicted to my phone, but now I'd tasted what my life was like without it. There was just no way I was going back. I was now aware of just how unhappy fulfilling these cravings for external sources of validation was making me. I saw through the illusion that receiving external sources of validation would make me happy. And that was the first time this has ever happened. But rather, checking my phone was merely itching a spot for relief, not happiness. It's a never-ending cycle that I had to attempt to break now that I had got a glimmer of what was on the other side. So... I got rid of my smartphone immediately upon returning. Uh, I'm now on a flip phone Nokia. I've gone old school. And that was one of the biggest insights. And I can confirm, because it's been three months, the effect has been really startling, to be honest. I've got so used to it now, my low level of anxiety, that I kind of just take it for granted, of course. I'm, <laughs> I'm only human. But whenever I remind myself or notice something that was different before, it really does bring me so much like gratitude just to think how grateful I am to not have my smartphone in my life anymore. Um, just the level of anxiety, pervasive anxiety that I was had with it around, just the amount of times I would check it, the amount of time I would waste. Um, and just the kind of, if you think about it, like in every conversation where you're distracted for that like nanosecond where you check your phone, or you like, it ruins the flow of conversation. And that was happening to me so much. I wasn't really present with my friends and it just feeded this addiction. And for me personally, getting rid of my phone has just been incredible. Um, and I just feel so thankful that I've actually managed to do it. So yeah, if anyone has any other questions about that, if you are considering uh, saying goodbye to the, the smartphone and getting a, a dumb phone like I have, I actually do have Google Maps on this phone as well. just want to clarify. I have Google Maps and I text and I call. And the Google Maps is invaluable because obviously, I'd, yeah, I'd be 
completely lost without the Google Maps. So you can get a dumb phone with Google Maps. Just want to make that very clear. But yeah, any questions, please do email me. So the overstimulation was definitely the big takeaway. I'm now so much more aware of when I've been overstimulated and just how much this affects my well-being. So I sleep worse, concentrate less and become far less present and far more negative. So the next thing that was interesting was the, the meditation. So I've meditated regularly for about three years up until this point, doing like 10, 20 minute meditations most days like via an app on my smartphone lol but i had plenty of time on my retreat so i decided to try this meditation i heard naval ravikant talk about on the tim ferris podcast it's one hour you sit there and whatever happens happens after doing this for a week meditation suddenly went from offering me moments of relief to giving me life-changing insights i mean with the added time of an hour you give your mind the the space to really rattle through everything that's been whirling beneath the surface. You're essentially settling into your mind, which can be uncomfortable at times, emotional and deeply joyful. I found this to be a marvel. From the stillness came what felt like an innate intelligence, my gut, my intuition telling me things I needed to know. One of them was that I'm here to help others who are suffering from anxiety and depression. And it suddenly became clear as rain. I was to quit my day job and train to be a therapist. And when I told my friends this, it was met with a reaction, actually, of a couple of them were like, oh, yeah, well, of course. Like, how have we not seen this? And, you know, lots of people were saying that it makes sense. And it does make sense. I just hadn't really given myself the time or the space to to think about it or for that intelligence, that inner guidance system to manifest itself but with all this like with all this time and space that I had on retreat it just suddenly became so clear so let's get to the loneliness I think it you know it was a question that I was thinking right up until the time I I went there I was you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bloody lonely why would I do this and so a good question to ask was I ever lonely spending all this time alone I only did seven days but that is a lot for me eight days seven nights is a lot for someone like myself who just can't stand spending time with themselves and I do feel lonely a lot of the time Uh, not these last three months are the least lonely I've ever felt I just want to clarify that but before it was a real issue and this was another shock I anticipated loneliness because I feel lonely quite regularly right but because I was confronting my fears what manifested was a self-assurance. I did have a lonely moment or two for sure, but they were fleeting and very useful to observe and analyze. And what became clear to me is that loneliness is an illusion. It's very potent, particularly in our social media age, because it's very hard to see through the illusion when you're staring at photos of your friends, smiling and laughing, doing exciting social things whilst you're home alone on a Saturday night watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. It's an illusion because it's rooted in the belief that I need other people's approval to feel whole. A belief that I've been acting out my whole life without the slightest bit of awareness. Drop the belief and I'm not lonely. I was away on my own and felt moments of pure joy. So when a lonely moment came, I would ask, well, 
I now know that I can feel quote unquote whole on my own. So what's different about this moment than to yesterday? And then I could clearly see it was a lapse in concentration or much like a smoker trying to quit smoking. It was a craving. And you can either let the craving go and see it for what it is, something that can never make you happy but can only offer you relief, or you can add negative thoughts to the equation, igniting the loneliness and lengthening the time you feel lonely. This was a game changer because I began to see myself as an addict in recovery. Recovery from losing myself to the addiction of dependency. Once you see the illusion, it's near impossible to unsee it. You just have to remind yourself when cravings arrive and get rid of anything in your environment that feeds the belief, the belief that you need other people's validation to be well. I mean, I wrote that last bit a few months ago and I, my views have slightly shifted from that. I, I, think, I think it's a lot easier said than done and it's, it's definitely been a journey. Like I've I, when I came back, I definitely like felt myself being overstimulated. And I don't think there's any escape from that to a certain extent in life. But now that I've re- reduced the level of stimulation, um, and it might not be getting rid of your smartphone, it might be charging it in the other room or just limiting your TV time or reading before you go to bed. Just those two changes in my life, honestly, have just done absolute wonders. So having this awareness and questioning, actually, why am I watching Netflix right now? Is it because I really want to watch this show or that I just want to relax? Or is it that I have something on my mind that I don't really want to think about? And if it is the latter, it might be worth thinking about. And so just that level of kind of examination into my life has just done me absolute wonders. I'd finally reached a point of feeling sick of being sick, sick of being worthless. And there were some tough moments where I was thinking, wow, you know, I've got a lot of time left in this week. What what am I going to do? But these were just that, you know, they were moments that passed and had no impact on the meaningfulness of the week by the time I was going home it was an emotional goodbye this had felt like the most important week of my life I had never done anything like this before I had well and truly stepped into the unknown and what I discovered what I got a glimpse of was a life without anxiety or dependency and now I'm more devoted than ever to living a life like this I've been so disconnected from myself And as I'm in recovery, I can finally see a way back to who I truly am. And what put me in the right direction was this time with myself. So if anyone is interested or wants to share their retreats, anything like that, please do get in touch. Into the void pod one at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you so much. As always, it's an absolute treat. I hope you all had a lovely crimbo. And I'll be seeing you in a week or so for my next podcast. Okay. Bye, everyone.